Ladies and gentlemen, people of all gender expressions, thank you for checking out the North Bank Media Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Strevens. And it's that time again, we're mooncasting. The date of the full moon was Saturday, February 27th. It's the snow moon. Uh, We attempted to record this conversation on Friday the 26th. We had some technical difficulties. So we took it again on the afternoon of the 28th. Uh, And true to form, it snowed really the entire time. So that was great. Uh, There's no better time uh, than on the lunar cycle to uh, get outside, uh, connect with a friend, explore some ideas and tap into the pervasive and eternal forces that rule the cosmos. Uh, Weather certainly being one of them. Now, this was a great run. This is a route that uh, anyone in Edmonton should take this route. Uh, We started at Government House Park, went down the hill to River Valley Road, all the way to the Royal Glenora Club, up those stairs, those well-known stairs, uh, to Ezio Ferroni Park, across the high-level bridge, and then Saskatchewan Drive, Emily Murphy Park Road, and then Grote Bridge, back to where we started. Uh, I would say this is probably a kinder, gentler mooncast than we've done in the past. Nothing too inflammatory, I don't think. Nothing too radical. Just uh, some, I'm not going to say idle chit-chat, but definitely some, you know, just some topical stuff and some you know, nothing, nothing I would say too radical, nothing that's going to ruffle any feathers, but really an enjoyable one. And, and the, the goal for me on these is always to keep that conversation moving and, uh, you know, no, no dead spots, although there are a few as our dragged our asses up those stairs. <laughs> so anyway, I would really, you know, of course, dip in and out of these conversations. I understand that, but stick around for the end. Uh, Devin and I start talking about an upcoming project. Uh, we're dubbing the Boreal Parks Almanac. And, uh, you know, the first phase of that is just to start finding some very nice, cool locations in the River Valley and doing some live music recording, performing and recording, and uh, see where it goes from there. But I think with the aim of uniting some kindred spirits, maybe finding a community, because God knows we're starved for a little bit of community these days. So uh, really excited to talk about that, and we'll talk about it more on the podcast, I'm sure, as we go uh, building to probably recording some podcast episodes uh, during some of these Boreal Park sessions. So um, this is the start of things to come. The winter is slowly loosening its grip. Before you know it, it's going to be Easter, and we're going to keep on keeping on. So please enjoy this snowy slip and slide with my friend, Devin Bailey. Sounding good. <laughs> yeah, so. We're going to be a kinder, gentler regime, and then he doesn't give the stimulus checks and then bombs Syria. Yeah. Interesting. Away she goes. Away she goes. What were we expecting? <laughs> the fuck? Crampons are. So you you were listening to an interview with a guy who who listened to that Joni Mitchell album. 
Like oh, in yeah. re- you like in real time, you're hearing him react to it. No, no, it's a. It was a written article in Rolling okay. Stone. Gotcha. But yeah, they were just talking about how um, the kind of the job of being a performer can screw people up if they're not uh, if they're not naturals at it. Right. Well, that's like a it's something you can learn though, right? Yeah, I guess. But you'd have to like that would depend on like what kind of art you're performing and mm. how connected you are to it, I suppose. Right. They were also talking about how Blue is like as personal of an album you can make. Yeah. So I'm sure that would be pretty affecting to to put that stuff out there in front of people when it's still fresh. Right. Do you think performing those songs like over like year after year they lose their personal like intimate feeling with the artist? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Should we just go this? Yeah, I would think so. I assume it like for the most part it would be over with by the time things are recorded and released. (laughs) Just because like it takes so much out of you to uh, to even get a song done. Yeah. And then I think about someone like Don McLean who's been playing American Pie for like 60 years. Yeah. It's like, I hope you like well, that song. <laughs> yeah. At least it's a, it's a long one. <laughs> True. Can have a little fun with it, maybe. Yeah. You can just free associate in your mind as, <laughs> totally. as you go through the verses. Yeah, you'd think at some point, like, like it wouldn't even be you up there playing that song. It would just be like so automatic. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you can definitely, if you know, if you have something down enough, you can, you can go through your shopping list while you're performing something. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's definitely moments like that when I'm shooting certain things, like if it's an interview right. and the person doesn't seem to be moving much. Oh, yeah. It's just like, okay, well, you don't really need me. Yeah. The camera's kind of doing it. I'm sure it's the same thing with acting, where you just right. catch yourself just looking at the side of someone's head, not necessarily connecting with what they're saying. Or... Yeah, it's a weird thing, acting. Yeah. I guess all performing is, it's like, it's kind of like a mental, it's like you're mentally breaking from, your, from yourself in some ways. Oh yeah, it's like time travel. Right. Putting yourself in like a state of being. But meditation or something right certainly if you're trying to like perform something that's difficult like any like jazz improvisation like that's closer to meditation than anything else in the the art world meditation like it it requires like conscious engagement yeah or else you can't you're just not going to do it yeah like if you're going to be improvising over changes like right jazz musicians are doing you need to know where you are on your instrument at all times and if you're improvising with multiple people it's like it's a living it's a living thing that you're creating right yeah i was gonna say like how much of that is if you're in a band you're like you're freaking you're like it's like a i don't know what it's like the power ranger thing when all they all come together into that giant thing yeah and if it's <laughs> a terrible analogy but if one of those pieces isn't Maybe as well oiled that night as everybody else. Yeah, it could be a problem. I think it's a big difference uh, in like the recording 
eras between like the click track era that we're in now and the right. loud and swords and all that and for example like van halen just having all their instruments in a room and just laying down the basic track right all together would you personally would you favor that if you were in a band scenario i don't really have a preference i think there's lots to do now and uh technology has made it so you can incorporate all those elements but right. uh, it's just the cost right you can record everything in a room but you need a big enough room and you need good enough microphones and right. all that stuff so it's actually more costly to do it that way now yeah so last Sunday when I was talking to that musician fellow Brandon Baker I asked him, like, at what point when you've got a sketch do you, like, bring in your bandmates? He's like, well, me and the producer basically did the whole song, just us, like, he called it In the Box. Right, yeah. And then we just brought, he just brought his bandmates in to play their parts as they, like, to put their spin on it, basically. Yeah, that's how it works, basically. Like, he basically had the whole thing in place, and they just kind of swapped out the parts. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, had some strange notion of like how Tom Petty would like mumble some shit and strum a few things into a tape recorder and send the tape to Mike Campbell. It's like I think it's a bit more advanced. Well, I think that works as well. I think that's certainly how some people work. But since like the '80s and like I guess the end of the session musician days, right? When uh, the session musicians keep kept like forming super groups like Toto, Toto is a good uh, Toto. example of that where they all kind of worked on the same projects and then eventually they became the um, the authorities of a certain like pop sound right they were uh, in in such a small community that they would just be in studios so they could just they would each be around each other when the original idea would be would be made, so right. they'd workshop it together. But now everything's remote, so huh. yeah. I know as recently as like 10 plus years ago, FTPs were really popular, like peer-to-peer -peer file sending, uh, sharing. Oh, really? But isn't there some, like, isn't there some to be said, maybe not, for like the romantic notion of like the band living in, in a house together? With the studio, a house with a studio. What, what what examples are there of that? Well, I I don't know. I think about like the Queen, like the Freddie Mercury biopic. Like they showed how. Oh right. Or like obviously the band is like classic with the basement recordings. Yeah. Or just like even the band like living. So that's another thing I asked that guy about is like all the sketching and communication and pre-production, but then like studio time is kind of limited and you kind of just have to nail it when you're in there yeah well I guess it depends on uh, whose money you're using yeah true enough so well a lot of my favorite albums are recorded in like houses or churches cool not like your traditional studio environment but then those aren't things that would ever be played on the radio uh, on like pop radio or anything What's kind of like your favorite or like go-to example of that? Oh, just like any kind of independent music. Right. So a lot of the, the albums that have come out 
between like 2005 and 2013, let's say. Okay. Kind of the, I guess it was kind of the golden era of pitchfork. <laughs> totally. Um, when like independent artists got kind of wider, wider notice, but kind of like the consequence of that is now there, there aren't really. It's it's harder to find. Right artists now because a lot of those indie labels went major where they got a lot of money now they uh all those artists are just using studios again so <laughs> the raw qualities have kind of gone away huh couldn't list you the al albums because i don't remember the last time like i was focused on albums in that way right well i mean even think about those early robert johnson recordings we're in a hotel room yeah facing into the corner. There's so much hiss on those early recordings. Like, was that just a microphone, just like low fidelity thing? Yeah, and uh, I, like game staging. Uh-huh. So the... I can barely explain it. It's just <laughs> shitty mics, basically. <laughs> it's all right. It's kind of what I figured. You could give me a science lesson, or you could just tell me the mics were shitty a hundred years ago, and I'd say, okay. It's basically it. But then, like, 30 years later, they nailed it, and some of those mics are still used today. So it's pretty yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's kind of, like, because what, that was, like, the early 30s they recorded Robert Johnson? Yeah, I think so. Right, and then, so then by the, well, I really like the crooning and shit in the 50s. Some of that stuff's immaculate. Yeah. I was listening to some Dean Martin this morning. It's like, God, like he's in your living room. Yeah. Well, a lot of that stuff was recorded on tape as well, so it, mm. it like it could be remastered later. Interesting. Whereas if it's recorded digitally, it's kind of just, well, that isn't. Then you can do anything with it. Yeah, like recording digitally is like using a like a prosumer digital camera on like the preset settings right. and trying to edit it afterwards. Gotcha. As opposed to shooting raw on a medium format camera. Yeah. I've never actually walked down here. Oh no? No. Yeah, so we're just heading down River Valley Road towards the Walterdale Bridge. I've definitely biked it a few times. Okay. But it's kinda of, it's nice. It's popular. Popular route. Yeah, I imagine so. Do you still have that bike? You gotta like a bicycle. Yeah, I do. We gotta go for some bike rides, man. Yeah, for sure. I don't know about biking podcasts, but <laughs> at least bike riding. Yeah, this is actually really strange because this kind of stretch of road really reminds me of a lot of other cities I've been in. Right. But this is my first time here. Like, I've been to places that look like this in other cities. Like, we're not... Yeah, it is kind of different, huh? Like, it's... <laughs> reminds me of Boston. It reminds me of parts of Hyde Park. Right. Well, it's almost like they privileged the... The walk, like the sidewalk here is as wide as the road. Yeah. Well, hopefully with all the 
restructuring they're doing of these areas, we'll get more walkways like this. Yeah, that would be all the better. What was that? We were you showed me. Is that like the the boardwalk thing they want to do here? Yeah, under the under the bridges and right. There's a couple like by the power station as well. And did you see too? They want to build a gondola that will cross the river. I saw that. And it's like it's literally a private company who's going to fund the whole thing and just I guess charge for use. Yeah. That would be so Edmonton if they found a way not to do that. I know. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I did see a lot of comments under a Facebook post complaining that it's an eyesore and what about the birds and eyesore. just other shit like that. What about the birds? <laughs> what about them? Just anything to complain. Yeah, totally. Yeah, hopefully it goes through. That'd be great. Get some epic visuals. Yeah. And just a great way to shuttle people from the south sides of downtown. Yeah, something needs to happen. Because it's not like they're going to build another bridge or make another road. <laughs> That's not related to the LRT anyway. Yeah. The, like the main problem with transportation and infrastructure in the city is we don't have a central like artery going north-south. Yeah, exactly. So it's always like 10 minutes wherever you're trying to go, like to cross the river. Yeah, there's like, there's a bunch of little arteries you can take. Yeah. yeah. So there's a big disconnect, like, the U of A should be considered part of like central Edmonton, but it's yeah. really not, because you can't get to it. Yeah, it is pretty insulated, eh? <laughs> it's true. I always thought how great it would be if you could just take a snowmobile to the university from my house, like from where <laughs> I grew up. Yeah. Uh, the jet boat came too late. I know, man. Let's fire up that hill. It's still my dad's fantasy to take my mom to work on that thing one day. Really? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you let me know, I get up, I make coffee. And we just go. Well, somebody would still have to walk her up the bank, I think, and... Yeah, like where would where would he drop her off? I guess like she works at the law courts, so. Well, the thing about that thing is the hull is steel, so you can really just pull over anywhere. All right, yeah. So maybe by uh, whatever that park is by the Shaw. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. she send her up the funicular. <laughs> exactly, it's. <laughs> There's no reason not to. You can do it once. I, I'm <laughs> sure she works early enough and not too many people will see. Yeah, I think. I, I think I'd have to go escort her, but yeah, the <laughs> funicular's a bit questionable at times. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm pretty uh, happy that it's snowing right now. I feel like we got robbed of a proper winter. A little bit, yeah. Didn't snow a whole shitload, and then it was super cold for a while. Yeah. And now we're close enough to spring that, I, like, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> no, this is nice, and it's funny that the February moon is called the snow moon. Yeah. And it snowed Friday when we tried to do this. Had our tech issues, and now nice snowfall right now. I also like driving Rammy, and this is, <laughs> this is the best conditions to drive like that. Fucking power slide around some corners. March is the worm moon. 
The worm moon. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess that's when the soil yeah. breaks up. So I've had this line in my head. It's, it's got to be from a movie. Yeah, fucking worm. <laughs> I can't remember what that's from. That sounds like an 80s, uh, like John Hughes. Totally. Movie insult. <laughs> totally. Some yeah. Over-articulated like, mouth movements. Yeah, totally. Worm. Worm probably dubbed in after the fact. Yeah. <laughs> Some dubbing in. Her job is probably just to dub in gum chewing sounds. <laughs> totally. Have you seen videos of the public oh, fuck. from the 80s? Just like people in malls and like outside movie theaters and stuff. No, I'd like to see more of it though. Yeah, like I don't know if it was cocaine or gum or like a mixture of both, but uh, people less, were just uh, aggressive with the gum. Hey, Michael. <laughs> this? I act like he doesn't know me. <laughs> uh, I shot something with that guy like a couple months ago oh, in okay. the mountains, but I guess uh, the amount of times we've had that exact same moment. Uh, I was fucking embarrassing. <laughs> when he was looking at me, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Anyway. <laughs> it was great when I had that, that moment so uh, when you and I were in London and we bumped into Kim and Andrew. Oh, wow. And did they recognize you or no? Yeah, we said hi and then oh, we okay. just kind of like just immediately parted. <laughs> and then like 20 minutes later, we're both in one of the museums and we're just like right there so we talk and all that. Right on. <laughs> but that was like... <sighs> It was because I, I had never had like any like long conversations with them or like right. anything to go back to. It was just the novelty of the moment. I'm not, I'm not very much a novelty of the moment type person. <laughs> but anyways, we talked a bit right the museum and that was all right. And especially there when you're nowhere near home, it's almost like a shock to see that person. Yeah. You can't even function. Yeah, it's weird. And we had, we had just uh, come back from uh, the Isle of Wight that, oh, was it Bestival? Oh God, right, that and whole that thing. was like, that was an experience. You had to drink all your cider at once. Yeah. <laughs> Someone shit outside the tent in the circle that we were in. Fuck. People were just pissing everywhere. <laughs> it was just rank. But also some of the best like live performances I've ever seen. Yeah, who'd you see there? Outcast? Uh, no, that was in, uh, that was in BC. Oh, right. I don't remember. Oh, Stevie Wonder. That was the big oh, one. Oh, shit. Festival. That's wild. Stevie Wonder, Sugar Ross. Oh, nice. Grimes. Um, Sugar Ross. Quartet. Oh. Yeah, a whole bunch of people. Also, oh, it was kind of like a... Earth, Wind, and Fire was there. I think Flying Lotus was there as well. Holy hell. Yeah, it was like right in the right in the peak of me enjoying commercial music. Right. I was gonna say that was like a who's who yeah. of the music that we were listening to at that time. Yeah, Sigurros. Those guys still going? I'm not sure. That run was like a reunion thing for them. Oh, okay. And I, I know they released a couple albums afterwards, but they have such a like a cult following that yeah. they can just pretty much do whatever they want. I also saw them with the Gorge. Oh wow. Yeah, the Sasquatch on pot cookies. Holy hell. That was a, that was an experience. That'd be almost too much, I think. Yeah. With the stress of not having car keys. Alright. 
All that stuff I forgot. Oh yeah, you lost your car keys. What happened then? <laughs> Day two. They just fell out of my pocket. Holy I learned hell. later that I didn't have an inside pocket of my uh, jacket. <laughs> and I was just stuffing things in there. Thinking That's... that it was enclosed, but it was just a flap of the outside pocket. Passport gone, keys gone, phone gone. <laughs> Fuck, that pocket really let me down. <laughs> yeah. How'd you get home? Uh, I got a tow. Right. Into from, uh, from the gorge into Quincy, Washington. Okay. okay. And then, uh... They made uh, the... Yeah, to a Honda dealership, and I had to stay in a hotel for a couple nights. Well, they cut me a new key, because it's a whole process. Right. It cost me, like, 200 bucks. Because it's, like, a smart key or something? Yeah. And then, uh... And then drove back. Unreal. You've had, some, you've had some wild travels, man, like the Montreal fiasco. Oh, yeah, there's so many. I think it's rectified now. I hope so. Like the issues that led to that? or Yeah, like, yeah. I think I've had a few successful trips now. Oh, yeah. I don't have to be worried. That you're, like, cursed? Yeah. Like, the drives down to BC to see Kanye, like, sure, the shows didn't happen, but nothing happened on the way there, so. Right. That's a great drive, too. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, it was a pleasure to do the drive. Right. And, like, making sure to have enough money. Right. And to plan early enough to... Just watch up behind you here. Yeah. Plan early enough to have, like, good hotels and stuff. Those things are super important. Yeah. Yeah, a little preparation. That's honestly probably why I never went to any of those festivals. I was just too afraid of the of what could have been. Where you have like people in their early twenties with no regard for anything. Oh, there was certainly a lot of debauchery. Like I remember at a at Sasquatch in Washington there. There was a like we arrive and like the first day was just an open air drug market. Dealers <laughs> were there, customers were there, and it was just like just open trades all over the place. People were setting up tents and they immediately became hot boxes. And then the hippies came. Ah. Uh, so there was like just caravans. The businessmen got there early and got set up. Yeah. And then the and the rest of the market showed up. Yeah, so there was caravans in the in the overflow. Half of the people didn't even have tickets. And it was just like a burning man scenario. Jesus. Someone erected a, a fucking a geodesic dome <laughs> where they had raves every night. Holy hell. That's so there was no sleep at all. No uppers, downers. Like, did the party ever really stop? No, not like, at all. Like, even in the kind of like late morning, early afternoon? I remember it was like three in the morning, I was in my tent, and I was not too far from uh, uh, from like the shower facilities and the porta potties. Right. And I just hear porta potty get tipped over, and like the eruption, it was like there was a thousand people out there <laughs> just milling about at like three in the morning. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> Porta potty get tipped. Was there somebody then, inside? Yeah, it? yeah. Oh my, <laughs> oh my god, dude. That's like a nightmare scenario. Yeah. That guy was not happy. Because there, <laughs> there's no facility at that place to clean you well enough. They did have showers. Yeah, like you they know? did have showers, but I mean, I just I just jump into the gorge of that. <laughs> Realistically, and just let it take me. Just end it. <laughs>
Yeah, I gotta see Dave Matthews at the Gorge, man. I know. That would be a great show. Is he still? He's still touring and recording and stuff, right? Yeah, I think I'd seen he'd done another uh, show with Tim Reynolds right. during the lockdown. Yeah, I think the gorge would be the perfect place to see it because you can just sit on the hill. I yeah. don't think I could, at my age, I don't think I could handle a Dave Matthews show standing on my feet on the concrete floor. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be enjoyable. I can barely handle just a regular show. <laughs> what was the last show you went to before COVID? Um, it was the year before COVID. I think it was the Jacob Collier show. Oh, okay. Where was that? Uh, Starlight. Starlight. I think mine was a little less sophisticated. I saw, me and Jerry saw, <laughs> Randy Bachman open for Leonard Skinner at Roger's place. Oh, really? <laughs> Epic. I hope Starlight, I hope Starlight Room survives. Yeah. It's, it's all we have now. Well, really. Yeah, I'm going to look into, uh, was it the Orange Hub? Yeah. I need a space to, like, give myself vocal lessons. And they still have the little uh, practice booths from when there was the music school there. Yeah. So no. I was, was going to look at that site again and see what their pricing is. Go there once a week. But they also have, like, you can rent the auditorium there. Yeah. You can rent any of the practice rooms. Yeah, it's actually incredible. That's where Fava is now. Oh, okay. So I've been in there quite a bit in the last year, but yeah, to do your vocals or your whatever, that'd be the place to do it. Yeah. It was either that or the uh, city center library. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a risk. <laughs> they have that makerspace, but yeah. You never I'm know who you're gonna, gonna find. Get, I'm not looking to get stabbed. Right. Churchill no. Square. Oh God, no. Yeah, it's like old-timey England in there for some reason. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Jack the Ripper's right around the corner. <laughs> does this Blue Bridge go to the same place? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it does. Should we just jump on that then? Ah, up to you. Doesn't matter to me. I like the high-level bridge. Yeah, I would be down to take the high level. May as well. Stretch it out a bit here. I once street uh, meat. Street. <laughs> what is it? Authentic Mexican tacos at the Rogue Ganora. In 2015, I came here with Don Metz to shoot Kevin Lowe's wife's grandma's funeral. Oh. It was a bizarre experience. Okay. Kevin Lowe, very nice guy. Yeah. I forgot they were renovating. I didn't know that. Every like three years, I get this idea of myself that I should be a member of this club for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I look at their facilities and then see the price. It's a shit. It's un it. <laughs> not, not for me. Well, just wait until you get that old money. Yeah. 
like your new money, but you grow it long enough, it becomes old money. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Gotta get that Arab money. <laughs> that Mohammed been selling money. Got that Arab money. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lanes of like rap music diaspora is that like Arab um, rap lane where it's just like trap beats over like prayer calls. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, it's, it's yeah. I mean, you can. It makes sense that that would exist. Yeah. It's good. It's what it's for. That's like more authentic than almost any other kind of rap music. That's true. Bringing that religious aspect. Remember this old rap? Remember that one from like 20 years ago? Uh, Want to be a baller, shot caller? All right. <laughs> There's the one line where the guy says, "I have links in Kuwait and I have links in Pakistan." <laughs> it's like that's that's different. Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, that's like early 90s. Yeah, even maybe even it's older. Like first Gulf War stuff. Right. There's a guy on that track named Fat Pat. <laughs> And there's a stroke of genius when he just repeats the same line twice in one of the verses. So oh, nice. <laughs> Fuck, that's genius. Couldn't th couldn't come up with the full 16 bars or whatever. Right. Repeat one line. Well, it worked for Rage Against the Machine. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. I didn't actually listen to any of their music until maybe last year or the year before. I thought it was missing something. Not really. But it's literally just one phrase. Each of the verses, one phrase just repeated over and over. Yeah, so where does that come from? Laziness. <laughs> I don't know. It's very much, yeah. It's like that. It's like a very late 90s aesthetic. Yeah, I think so. Stairs here from River Valley Road to Enzio Ferroni Park. So we're gonna just hear us breathe for a couple minutes here. Absolutely gassed. Oh. <sighs> it's 
something about fasting, like it really, really saps my resilience. Oh, interesting. But I, I, I find I recover a lot faster. Huh. Cause you could probably make sense of that. I'm so hot right now, I could just be wearing a t-shirt. How long you been fasting for? In the middle of those stairs, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> um, I'm just doing every other day. Okay. So it's just the rolling 32-hour fast, pretty much. Okay. Right, you sleep and then go all day and then wake up. And... Yeah. So it's all night, all day, all night. Basically. Gotcha. An eight-hour window, and then yeah, or sixteen-hour window. Yeah, it's good. It's really easy. It's crazy how easy it is if you if you let it be. Yeah, if you don't fight it, it's just like I'm not eating. Yeah. So don't. So just don't eat. It's hilarious, like how easy it is to turn that like switch off, like just committing to just the mouth pleasure of stuffing things in your mouth. Yes, exactly. That's really all it is. But ketosis is an unpleasant feeling. Can be. I hate like the tingle of it. I hate like feels like there's pins and needles in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's when you're really in it. I don't think ketosis really starts until about like definitely like more than 16 hours of fasting yeah when I tested it I I didn't even come close until after 32 hours really yeah it's crazy goes to show how much uh, whatever is stored up in the body if you're if you are a big eater yeah definitely that's why the way I'm doing it right now is the like the hardest possible way I can do it because after you hit that ketosis thing, you don't feel any of the pangs anymore. Right. But I'm breaking it as soon as I hit that number. <laughs> are you hydrating or are you doing dry still? Um, it depends on how I feel. I did do, since I started back fasting, I did do two of the days dry. And it was just because I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like it. Right. I was thirsty, but I just didn't want to. <laughs> um, but uh, to find most of the benefits for the dry stuff. Dry fasting is if you're coming off of eating lots of carbs or whatever. Right. To start the fast dry. Right. Or if you're doing like a water fast to end that fast dry. Ah. Those are the easiest ways I found to do it. Interesting. Because there is such a thing as overhydrating. Yeah, it's. I'd assume it's really difficult to do when you're fasting. Yeah, probably. But I don't know. I have a really hard time retaining water. Yeah, that's the one unfortunate side effect of coffee. It's like you, you drink a bunch of water and then drink coffee, right. and piss it all piss all of it out. Yeah. <laughs> you're probably more dehydrated then in that moment. Yeah, definitely. I'm like that without coffee, unfortunately. Oh. 
active bladder, I guess. Across this bridge sober maybe twice. <laughs> All other times I've been very inebriated. Yeah, well, coming across the high-level bridge for those listening. I mean, why would you? Why would you walk it at this time of day? Really? Did we walk across this bridge that time and go to Denny's after Hudson's? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh. Yeah. Just falling asleep in Denny's. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was with uh, James and Rebecca. Yes. Yeah. Who are those guys again from your from your band, right? Well, yeah, Rebecca from the band. Right. Oh, James Hackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to look at it that way. I, I went through a phase, I probably talked about it on the show, like those dollar draft nights, like that is such bad, like that's just such self-abuse. Like oh, you yeah, drink sure. that much beer, yeah. sleep like four hours, eat a bunch of shit. Definitely. Like you'd just be bang, at least I would be just banged up for like two days after. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I don't think I could have done it if I, like had a hangover thing right but since i don't get hangovers it was just another tuesday for me <laughs> just another tuesday night sitting on the floor cooking eggs and bacon <laughs> yeah well, that was a special thing in some ways too like it was really if you can accept all the debauchery of it it was I mean you should do that at some time in your life I guess I think the best thing is that we didn't attach something that was potentially good to those times so we don't have to cling to them ah that's a great point it's almost better to look back with a little bit of disgust yeah you know than to be like that was when I was cool because it definitely wasn't cool then either Yeah, like if you got if someone had gotten married right after that. <laughs> it's all thanks to Dollar Draft. Yeah. I married the waitress and I guarantee she'll be faithful. <laughs> yeah. Just all five of us married Judy. <laughs> In our minds we did, I think. She was she was good at her job though. delivers the drinks before we even think about it. Right. I would love to talk to them and see it from their perspective. Maybe not. You know, you can't see what their perspective would be. <laughs> I'd like to hear it. I'd like to hear it from their mouth. Have you worked a service job like that? Like not necessarily like a drink space, but like well like Safeway had some customer service aspect to it. Yeah. 
something about kind of the malaise of being in a job and also like being stuck in that social structure of the job with people who are in the same place as you. Right. Where I found when I was doing it, I would just like switch, like I'd just go into different parts of my brain. Oh yeah. Because the actual work was so menial. And then just be good enough at my job that somebody else was always shittier than me at it. <laughs> so I didn't have to worry. That's kind of the key. If you can, especially in those jobs, if you can show some amount of like promise or growth, yeah. like you're better than the... Often that's just as simple as like demonstrating to a middle manager that you can see the problems that they're dealing with. Right make them feel like the hardest workers in the company or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking middleman. Yeah, just give me old... Yeah, that must be difficult. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I could do that. That was part of the reason I had to quit Safeway finally was because they were grooming me to be like a fucking white shirt, like a middle management. Right. And I just wasn't having it. Yeah. I just wanted to be stoned and stocking the, the milk. Yeah, for sure. And they just quit giving me shifts. <laughs> it's like, great. well, I quit then. And then they, they gave me two weeks with nothing, and then on my last possible day, they gave me a shift. Skipped it. And they stamped the do not rehire on my file. Right. And That's I told fun. the guy on the phone, I was like, I hope it ever comes to that. I would have to be rehired at Safeway. All that's posturing anyways. Oh, for sure. <laughs> just, just being softly, emotionally <laughs> abused by a grocery conglomerate. It's true. <laughs> it's totally true. It's like, why did it get so personal? <laughs> like, you, they brought in some guy who was like a Chinese immigrant and and they put him in the bind position. It was like he wanted to do it. Yeah. So let him do it. Yeah, so so much of it boils down to the higher up you go in the hierarchy, the less the people want to do their actual jobs. <laughs> and the more they're just looking for little ways to slip an extra few dollars into their pockets. 100%. That's one thing I started realizing is dealing with people who are like entrepreneurial, who run their own business, and then you deal with somebody who works for a corporation, and like part of their soul is just gone. Yeah. Like you try and make a joke. They're like, well, you know, it might take four to six weeks to get your invoice paid. It's like, hey, as long as it's real money. He just says, oh no, it'll be real money. Yeah. It's like, yeah. up this way on the Saskatchewan? Right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I was also being groomed for middle management. 
five, six years ago. At your current? Okay, yeah. And I think that must have been the same time I read those uh, Venkatesh Rao um, right. articles about the office. Right. Well, I got to put those in the show notes because those are incredible. Yeah, and it like it summed everything up so perfectly. Yeah, it's kind of stunning how accurate those are. Yeah. And then to use the office as like the whatever the the narrative representation of that. Yeah. So I've often used that as kind of the bellwether for the end of <laughs> of comedy basically. So right. as soon as the normies thought they knew what comedy was. And uh corporate media realized that they could make money out of making fun of the people who are consuming the media. Right. But yeah. the idea that that was like a summation of pretty much the structure of uh, modern society was really hit me hard in my mid-20s. Huh. And so those... Those articles kind of outline the way in which like corporations are structured between like they're founded and run by psychopaths, and then the middle management is like these, what does he call them, buffoons or um, clueless, clueless. And then the bottom rung, like the the labor force, so to speak, is losers, losers. Yeah. But then like, or sociopath is not psychopath. Yeah. But he doesn't use that in a negative way, which was interesting. Yeah, that's kind of what uh, endeared me to that whole article thing, because words have been perverted for such a long time. Like the idea that ghetto means poor black, <laughs> and for like, hundreds of years beforehand it just meant like cultural enclaves. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, ghetto means like there's a Jewish ghetto. Is the Jewish ghetto full of poor black people? There's just a biker coming up behind us here. I didn't know that. So it just meant like... Yeah, cultural enclave, like a neighborhood of yeah. a certain ethnic makeup. Yeah. Um, but the same, it's the same thing with the, uh, the psychological diagnoses. They're just like made up words. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because now uh, sociopaths are called antisocial. Personality whatever. disorder. Yeah. Right, that's kind of, well, that's that famous George Carlin bit about all the different names that PTSD has gone through. Yeah, right. Even food, Chilean sea bass. Oh, really? Was it grouper or something like oh, that? okay. <laughs> grouper. Something gross sounding. Because it's a bottom feeder. Right, it wasn't selling so well. Yeah. Yeah, and that's like, that's pretty much how they trick people into middle management jobs. You get, well, Dwight, the assistant to the... To uh, the regional manager. Yeah. All those little semantic tricks. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating because really what what good, like, what real advantages are to being in middle management? Like, you kind of lose a... You don't have that, you know, there's like that bond that unites the lowest rungs of the workers in a company. Yeah. So you, you don't have that, and you're kind of the asshole. Yeah, it's really for, like, bootlickers to get closer to licking the boots of a... <laughs> Pretty much. 
the higher ups. But the whole point of those roles is to never have them reach higher. Right, right. There's something else I was reading that was similar to that. Um, oh, what was it? I'll remember. Shit, her. It was perfect. Um, but yeah, Michael Scott is like the perfect character to he capture is. that uh, that mentality of middle, middle manager. <laughs> because it, he's so clueless. But then there's moments in the writing or in his acting where it's like there is a pretty deep sense of awareness of... Well, I don't know if it's awareness, but it's like... Maybe there's not. Maybe he's just so like a naive, smooth brain. You know, I don't know. That's pretty much what the character is. Because the only times where there's any opportunity for pathos, he completely ruins it immediately. Right. So all like the depth is just... Yeah, that almost makes it even better, that extra layer. Like the Ricky Gervais version of that character did it too. Yeah. Whereas like he almost becomes endearing. Yeah. And then he does something inappropriate. Yeah, and then you realize that... The reason everybody hates working there, the reason everybody hates like living in this corporate society is because of those middle managers. Right. And you're like you're required to appease them basically. <laughs> Cause they're the closest. Like they they control whether you have a job or not. Damn it, it's right on the tip of my tongue. I forget what I was gonna say. About middle managers. If you're enjoying this conversation, please subscribe on YouTube and give us a like. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And now, back to the conversation. Anyways, <laughs> we were here when uh, we went out to see, I think, a Clockwork Orange. Okay. Garneau. Yeah. And we had gotten some of that, like, legal weed. Oh, like that synthetic? Yeah. Yeah, dude. That, did, we, did we do some of that? Yeah, and oh, it does, like, boy. mind you, though, on you. Oh, it's... You think you're up in the air, and then the next thing you know, your head's impacting the cement. Dude, that stuff, that, that cannot be legal anymore, I don't think. It was so terrible. And then we walk into the theater, and that lady was dressed up as the girl in the radiator from a razor head singing that song. Right. God damn. Man, leave it to Garno to just trip you out like that. <laughs> what? We did see a racer head at Garno, too, in yeah. those days. Yeah. God, man. At least we made the best of what was around, you know? Yeah, for sure. I feel like a fairly big gang of us went to Clockwork Orange. Yeah, Maybe I think Pascal so. Pascal was there. Yeah. <laughs> did you listen to any of that live podcast that Tim Dillon did? Oh yeah, I just listened to it this morning. Not too bad. Yeah, it'd be good to get to see him live. It would be. I Like, I expected it to be, like, because it's live regional. Right. So the, the local stuff didn't really hit home. I just assumed that Cleveland's a shitty place. Right. You sure made it sound like it. <laughs> that guy's ruthless, and I have to love it. The oh, way he yeah. just, like, nobody is safe. His own freaking friends that come with him get walked on. Yeah, for sure. It makes me, it gives me hope, honestly. Right. As a person with a with a sharp tongue, <laughs> constantly told I, I don't have a filter. Right. I have a particular way of talking about people. 
Yeah, I mean, I found that like it's acceptable as long like in so far as it's true and maybe productive. Yeah, it used to be those things and if it's funny, but now it can't right. even be funny anymore for any kind of like charity. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. Because now you're kind of forced to just be like almost like autistically truthful about things. <laughs> it's true. You have to be self-deprecating as well, I think, to get a little bit of, oh, you don't have to, but it, it goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But but then, like, I've had that go against me as well, where people mm. are thinking I'm looking for pity or whatever. Uh -huh. And then it just becomes that conversation. Right. Yeah, it's actually a fine balance. Because you don't... I used to be like that, so pity-seeking. It's like yeah, as if my life was so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about that today. It's like nobody really wants that person around. I think a lot of people think of me that way, but mm -hmm. they just don't understand my humor and just don't uh, laugh at my bits. Right. <laughs> He's doing a bit. 99% of what I say is a bit. I think you have to laugh more in your delivery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I guess. It but I've also had, like, I've been taking the task about laughing at my own jokes, too. And it's so, like, there's so much neuroses, like, tied up in it. You never <laughs> win. You're right. That's why you have to just pick a... That's why you have to just defame and slander people. <laughs> <laughs> I know. My parents are still getting over the first mooncast where we were talking about the guy in the Viking hat. And we said he was an actor or whatever. Oh, right. How can you guys just go out and say that? <laughs> really? Like, I'm not the news. Like, I can just say whatever I want. We can, literally. <laughs> and That's I was the whole right. point. And you were right. Because he has a profile on that actor's website where yeah. people can hire him to act. And there's reports today saying that Nancy Pelosi was the one who told the um, National Guard to stand down that day. No. So it's like the receipts keep coming in. <laughs> what did you say to me the other day? Receipts from my rant against postmodernism. Yeah, right. <laughs> Fuck, that's great. Oh my god. That's the whole point of living in a free Western society. If, it, if anything is left, it's to do what we're doing right now. It's to laugh at losers who think they're like changing the world through their art, if anything. You need to laugh at those people. I'm one of those people. Me too. If you don't laugh at me, then none of my art makes any sense. Totally. If you don't laugh at me, none of my art makes any sense. God damn. I said that earlier, and I think you helped me get there on time where it was like, you cannot have any misgivings about changing the world. That is so ridiculous. <laughs> but I always think about this quote from Rick Danko, the bassist from the band, when he says, we can't change the world, but maybe we can help the neighborhood. Yeah, right. I, like, I think that's about as good as I could really ever hope for. It's really lazy to think that you're gonna like be a part of some kind of utopia. Right. It shows that you're not paying attention really. Right. Yeah, it shows, I wish I had a better grasp of history, but that's kind of always what you hear is like people who think that they're going to change the world have no concept of history. Yeah. It's like, what do you get? It's going the way it's going here. Oh, that's what it was about the middle managers. I was reading about, or I was watching a Lex Friedman podcast. Oh, yeah. Some, 
Some guy named Keller, I think his last name is. Okay. I don't even learn names anymore. Like, there's no point. I'm in such a bubble that, like, 99%, it's a real 99% day for me. Um, a lot of my content, I never, like, talk about it with other people, so I just don't even absorb the, no. the like, the fashionable details that would pull other people in in, like, a oh, social context. Well, that's fine. Like, really, uh, that's just, small talk. What does it matter? Yeah, and I just pick and pervert the quotes as I like. <laughs> Um, Attribute it to yourself. Yeah, but that guy was like one of the people who's the innovators of uh, microprocessors and stuff. Right. And they were talking about Steve Jobs and how Steve Jobs, um, his management style was that it was a necessity that the B, the B level um, directors and companies should never be in the same room as the C level. So the B level are like the middle managers, okay. the directors, and all that. Interesting. Um, because, you never have them together. Yeah, because they're like you never have them in the room because they're bureaucratic and like basically they're they're like people pleasing through stats will like ruin the vision of the company. I thought that was that's so true, man. A good way to to look at that, like. Anytime you're having a fun time and a pedant comes in and starts like fact checking people, <laughs> there's nothing worse than that. Oh man, that like I just, I should have sent you this tweet that I saw that had exactly that spirit in it. Yeah. And, but it was about how like it was an article that somebody wrote that said something to the effect of like when it comes to science, you can't do your own fact checking or you have no right to. To uh, it was so unbelievable. Yeah. I guess that's a little bit different, but you're, you're right about that. When some, what do you call them? A pedant? A pedant? Yeah. yeah. And that's that thing about all, what is it, all power to the authority or whatever? Yeah. It's like, well, who are you then? If you're just giving up all this, like. The people without ideas who will never have ideas and have no chance to have ideas. But also will never quit because they'll never realize that they'll never have ideas. <laughs> it's a pain. And I, I was offended when people thought that I was one of those people. That you were some kind of like fact-checking pedant? Yeah, <laughs> pedant? like they conflate um, like paper compliance with oh, okay. industry and innovation basically. Right. But robots are going to be taking those jobs, like, very <laughs> soon. Yeah, if they haven't already. <laughs> like, you're not special. You don't justify your wage by being able to interpret and generate forms right. for the people who are actually doing work. I'd like to see a day where those people aren't necessary in organizations <laughs> anymore. I don't know if that'll... Yeah, well, those people... Yeah, you wonder if eventually that'll all get streamlined. Something needs to change. That's like Eric Weinstein's whole thing. Uh, about how we've uh, we've ceded all this power to those types of people who have been in those jobs forever. We've climbed up to the top of the academic ranks and stuff like that. Right. And now no progress is being made. But in the next breath, he like just fully bows down to the mathematical and uh, scientific rationality the, the uh, I guess the tradition of all of that right 
so like he was talking about uh, wanting to see what Jimi Hendrix me like metaphorically what Jimi Hendrix would do with quantum mechanics <laughs> but like who's to say Jimi Hendrix would have anything to do with quantum mechanics like he can't figure something out that maybe somebody hasn't figured out yet right yeah well that's kind of the trouble with academics is they like they they put progress on rails right exactly yeah they can't think of the word where they decry or they just complain about the state of academia but then academia is somehow the answer to the it's like no yeah like the scientific method can't happen outside of a lab right the average <laughs> person can't perform induction independently There's this guy on YouTube who started posting these like 4K upscaled videos of like classic concert films. Oh, I've seen some of those, yeah. Yeah, and so there's a there's a Jimi Hendrix Experience one from Stockholm. Okay. It's fun. Dude, that, those were different times. They get introduced and they walk out and they spend like 10 minutes fucking around with their gear. Yeah. And, then, and like Mitch Mitchell like tapes his fucking bell bottoms up so he can do his footwork properly. Right. And Hendrix goes up and says, yeah, we haven't played together in a long time, and uh, we're just going to mess around and jam, but you yeah. wouldn't know the difference anyway. <laughs> it's such a shame, because there's so, there's so few um, videos of him when he was actually enjoying his career. Right. I haven't watched this whole thing yet, but it seems like this might have been one of them. It seemed loose anyway. That's good. Unlike that other one from Sweden that you showed me that time. Yeah. It's fire at fucking 210 BPM. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what was up with that? He just kind of, they just like, was it like anything else? He was that unicorn that they just rode into the ground? Yeah, there's that. Like the tour schedules for all of those bands at those times, like when you realize how much they were playing, it's no wonder they, they couldn't handle the, the drugs that were also a part of the deal and ended up dying. Um, that's certainly why Cream broke up. Right. Uh, especially when they like shipped all the people from Britain into America, they just right. they just run them through, and <laughs> that wasn't like they weren't taking planes. They weren't the Beatles. They were in fucking vans and shit. Oh, that's so gross. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and as far as I know, he had a whole bunch of like label issues and manager issues and right. band issues, and and probably too like he he was pretty. Like, he probably felt like he was surrounded by dopes, I would think. I have no idea, but, like, he was so, like, he was gifted, wouldn't that be fair to say? Yeah. And he was just around, like, <laughs> the same mouth-breathing middle management running his shit for him. Yeah, certainly. And I think there was a lot of kind of cultural differences, mm. especially once he, like, built that studio, or was building the studio. I don't think he ever got to use it. Oh, Electric really? Ladyland Studios. Right. Electric lady, um, and it was—he was just in that whole like '60s free love thing, right? And he had all those people like just hanging on to him, probably. Yeah, like the the Laurel Canyon set like settled in Los Angeles, and they like were settled in homes and all that stuff. But kind of the rest of the industry was pretty transient, right? And I think that's why they ended up getting run into the ground. Huh.
What's on the menu next Sunday for the cookout? Oh, I, I was thinking of getting like those, uh, um, those ribs, those uh, beef oh, yeah. ribs that are cut vertically. Right. Marinating those. Throwing those on the grill. Yeah. Nice. Either that or I'll just buy like a bunch of steak and a bunch of chicken <laughs> and uh, marinate it and then do some kind of like skewer thing. Nice. A bunch of side dishes. I don't know. I'm thinking of uh, skipping uh, beef for <laughs> an extended period of time. Uh, that's fair. I'm thinking about skipping chicken. There's something about chicken lately that's just not doing it. Yeah. I think about that Jim Harbaugh quote where he doesn't let his players eat chicken because it's a nervous bird. Do <laughs> <laughs> you find beef is just like something about it, the redness? or? Well, it's the year of the ox, so it seems uh, kind of weird to be right. eating that. And also, the last few times I ate beef, I woke up feeling like shit the next day. Uh, so I'm trying to listen to signals from my body instead of ignoring them. Good call. So I'm just going to eat the last of the beef from the fridge and the uh, fridge and freezer. And then just move on. Every yeah. time I do like a kind of partial fast like this, I just kind of, I end up gaining skills. I'm going to cross here, eh? Yeah, sure. So as soon as I figure out what I'm going to put the focus on, I'll make that transition. Mm. Plus, like, God knows what is really injected into those cows. Oh, yeah. And you're just eating that. I don't know what it would be, but hormones, I guess? Or, like, uh, who knows what they're... Like, it's usually, they like, eat. antibiotics if they're living in shitty conditions. Right. And they're just getting sick all the time. They're just constantly pumped up with stimulants antibiotics and all that stuff and it's all stored in the fat right and who knows if it gets into us but I don't know, I don't know. And then the grass-fed movement and all that <laughs> it's kind of shitty because grass-fed cows are generally leaner so there's less flavor in the cuts that you want to eat ah interesting yeah that makes sense what is the what do they normally eat like a corn uh, corn? corn or grain yeah. any kind of grain Yeah, I did like a, I did a version of that a few weeks ago with the, the short ribs. Oh, nice. Had like a bulgogi <laughs> marinade, stuck them under the broiler. Excellent. And I was feeling fat, so I also fried up a few chicken thighs with <laughs> a couple different kinds of marinades. <laughs> Found some perilla leaves at a Lucky Market. Nice. A couple perilla. kinds of kimchi. Right, Korean hoedown. Oh yeah, a couple bowls of rice. That was good and swollen. <laughs> good and swollen. Just gotta hang it right here.
Man, Grove Bridge was under construction for a long time there. Is it done now? It kind of looks that way. No, it's good. <laughs> I've lived in that place for like 10 years and I spend zero time in my neighborhood or community. Really, eh? Yeah, I never go for walks or anything. Never ride the bike. Huh. Is that just, you don't see the, the, the value in doing it or? I don't even think about if there would be a value. Right. <laughs> I just don't consider it at all. That's funny. You're in a pretty good spot. Like you're kind of at the gateway to downtown. Plus yeah. the river's right there. I was reading the other week that there's 100,000 people in my little district of, uh, of the city. Holy shit. Would that be Oliver? Yeah. Yeah. Edmonton Central. Whatever you want to call it. Man, that's jam-packed. It doesn't feel that way because there's really nowhere to go. Like, you can walk. <laughs> yeah. But there's no kind of hub there. Oh, there really isn't. The parks, the parks get full sometimes. Yeah. But which parks? Well, I'm just thinking about... When was this? It was like right at the end of summer, I went for a bike ride through Horlack and it was like striking how many people were there. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is the first time doing this in the daylight in, around like the public. <laughs> is this even a walking path? I don't know. I mean, we're walking on it. I'm walking <laughs> in. Yeah, fuck. Can we even cross Grove Bridge on that side? I don't, I don't think, we think can. so. Well, shit, eh? Yeah, I think up, back, and around is the way to I go. guess so. So I think probably Easter we can start our parks project. I'm down, man. Really all I want to do is like get a rudimentary flyer together. Okay. Maybe like just schedule a bunch of dates like from April to like late August and just kind of commit to some kind of regularity. Okay. Some Facebook ads and then just, just go out there. I have enough songs that I can... I can occupy an hour if nobody shows up. Well, um, I'm sure you have enough material that you can do some shit. So, like, I, I don't could, think we'll yeah. be starving for content. And you want to record these or not? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. I like to have it just be, like, a regular thing that we eventually turn into some kind of open mic format. Okay, I love it. I love it. And yeah. And we can branch off from there with, like, if people want your services as a video person. 
they can hire you to do like a music video because right. we know all the best spots or whatever. Right. Do something at, at Kaler Point there maybe. <laughs> Kaler Point? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were making a joke, some kind of joke about Kaler Yamamoto. <laughs> no. Caden, <laughs> Braden, and Jaden. <laughs> yeah, I think that sounds great, man. I, is Easter, Easter is early this year, right? At the start of April? Yeah. Like first or second week. That's going to be epic, dude. Yeah, I like, I know Doug would be down in a heartbeat to do that. Right. And even, like, worst case scenario, it just becomes a friend's thing. Thing, right. And then for a season or, or more, we just end up being codependent in parks with each other again. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm up for that. After all these lockdowns, and just start oh, for it. you got to do something. But now we're coming at it with a purpose of, like, we want to record. We want to we wanna grow a community. Yeah. Bring some attention to the, the parks. Ideally, I'd like to branch out and do some traveling and shit. Yeah. So I think... We gotta go all the way across and walk on that side of the bridge. I have no idea. Like, I think that path goes, goes up that way. I really fucked this up. Not a freeway culture. I don't know. Turned around. <laughs> oh yeah, there's some spots driving in this town where I like. I'm still thinking I'm gonna turn into a one way. Oh yeah. Everywhere on the south side. You might as well be Calgary to me. <laughs> I remember one time turning onto a one-way by the ledge and some guy just rolls down his window, it's a one-way, asshole! It's <laughs> like, I needed that though, because I'll never you do did. it again. You learned that lesson once for that one road. Yeah, exactly. Learned it the other night driving into the museum parking lot again, we both did. Yeah. Just seeing the backs of signs, it's like, <laughs> sick. So I talked to that guy uh, last Sunday, Brandon Baker, who goes by Electric Religious. He's an art musician, and he was going to McHugh, and I'm sure the same time you were. Oh, okay. He said 2008. Oh, no, I was there in 2011. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, fuck. 2011, 2012, I'm sure. Okay, never mind, man. Anyway, yeah, he, uh, he said he'd be down. Good. I'm just hoping that we can find enough people who don't need a shit ton of equipment. Yeah. Because that'll be, like, that's always the worst thing. <laughs> Fucking gearheads. Yeah, because, like, we have mi enough mixers between us that we can, like, mm -hmm. mic up a bunch of shit, but right. once getting into, like, power supplies. Oh, yeah. Well, so is there any, yeah. I mean, you don't want to limit it at all, but you also want to say, like, we can't be electric, really, can we? No, well, I, I certainly don't intend to. I don't need to. But like you say, to have a DJ spinning on, on the banks of the river would also be pretty epic. Yeah. In the future, maybe. Like, I'd, I'd like to have backing tracks. Okay. That's like a speaker, or two speakers. Mm -hmm. Or even two amps. Oh, I think that'd be so great, dude, just to like... Just to have somebody doing a set somewhere and then like be recording a podcast conversation and just mix you know so they're just like faintly in the background just like make a real a thing that people would be at least intrigued about oh yeah like it what is be, going on we can make some real atmospheres i think yeah i think especially if we have some good spots 
Yeah, the spot is the key here. Location, location, location. But yeah, ideally I'd like to even do some traveling with the concept. Yeah? That'd be pretty cool. It'd be great to go to Banff or Jasper or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it'd be great to go to like even Medicine Hatter Left Bridge into the Badlands and stuff. Oh, go back to that Tolman Bridge campground again. Yeah. <laughs> Hoodoo session. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, if not now, we'll never do it. Like we literally have access to everything but coastal, like regions, coastal or tropical regions in this province. Yep. Maybe we can get a lot done. Absolutely. Go up north into the forest again. Yeah. Do you have a, a spot in mind for like the inaugural, the inaugural one? Horlack? Yeah, I don't know. See, so you can just adjust that, that fucking Oh yeah, uh, I'll zip up my coat again. Um, honestly, the shanty would be perfect. Oh my god, yeah, dude. <laughs> That's <laughs> I had no. So I'm not even gonna say where that is. I'm not like anyone listens to this, but yeah, that would be epic, man. I think it would be the best place to start. And it'd be so cool to go in there the day before and like load in a load of like, I don't know, like a grill. <laughs> yeah, clean it up. Yeah. Get all the framing. Should almost go scout it before it gets warm because there's that period where you can't go anywhere down there when yeah. it's melting. Oh man, in its prime, that place had hammocks, it had a grill. Yeah, man. Like that's the type of place I ideally I'd like to have us have like set up. Right. Like I know when you guys were were younger, you like had your spots. Yeah, for sure. But I don't know how many of those got uh, preserved. Yeah. That one kind of did because it's so out of the way. Yeah. I remember there's that one, there's a couple spots. There's that one path down uh, to the river valley where there was that little treehouse type thing. Right. Yep. Like you're thinking like the gully, like that straight where your phone went that time. Yeah. Just like a bobsled. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a classic. And like there's a there's so much river valley that oh. it would just be great to have as many of those as possible. Firstly to like eliminate the risk of having them blown up by either just a homeless person or <laughs> losers. God forbid nosy people who listen to the podcast. <laughs> Fuck dude, if somebody listened to this podcast and then came out to a recording session, I'd be surprised. <laughs> But, you never know. Well, as I said, I'd like to put some pamphlets up in uh, McEwen and stuff. Sure. U of A and see if there's some local musicians who are young and hungry, who have some fresh ideas about, I guess, just independent music. Right. Well, that's... 
and that would be the greatest thing is if you you've come up with this idea but then if you just gave it over to the community and it became something bigger than you yeah like I'd prefer not to be the face of it and to be beholden to an audience and then have to change my uh, oh no you don't want that my <laughs> well-cultivated super smart opinions <laughs> the whims of some imaginary audience that doesn't exist I am very smart <laughs> I'm an influencer. Ah, <laughs> fuck. Just, I'll kill you. I won't kill you. I'll tell you if I hear you say, as an artist. If you start a sentence with, as an artist. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> Rogan and Tony Bourdain. Yeah. As an artist. Shut the fuck up. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> and also, it'd be great to have those spots if and when the woke crowd tries to infiltrate and or takes over right just to retreat into and to have our own right because like long term I want to have a public space that nobody else knows about where I can record and write yeah our own little Laurel, Laurel Canyon basically ah. or Grecian Isles coming across Groat Bridge it's getting a little windy but those spots exist, man. Definitely they do in the city. Yeah. We gotta do a set. Oh, we have to go out, uh, take the boat and launch at Devon and go a little bit out, like, unbelievable and pristine. Oh yeah. Just watch out for the nudists. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's the good stuff. Because, yeah, I've uh, I finalized my current set of acoustics, of acoustic songs. It's all okay. like, done now, so now I get to write new things. That's fun. And uh, start fresh with ideas I didn't get to go all the way with. Well, so I'm going to pull the trigger and buy a second microphone. So is there something I could buy that would be useful in that? Um, I just saw, I can't remember what company it is. Look I'll at that uh, fucking thing. Have you ever seen that before? The BMW yeah. electric car. Oh, it's electric. Electric car, yeah. They've been around for a while. Damn. That was like some out of a Tarkovsky movie or something. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a little kind of device you can hook up mics to. Okay. That um, attaches to your phone. What? But I think it's Bluetooth. Oh, shit. It's either Bluetooth recorded, I can't remember. I, okay. But I also have facilities to do Bluetooth with my older phones. I'll send you the link to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I think it would be good to have that option for other people or even for ourselves. So we're almost like a, we almost act like a rented mic and a rented camera for other people. Yeah. But we also have facilities that we feel confident using for our own purposes. So something that's like an intermediary like that is cheap enough. I think it was, I think it's a hundred bucks. Okay. It might be 50. These might be American dollars. <laughs> I'll send you a link. Um, sure, yeah, yeah. Just as cheap as possible. Like I was telling my dad that you don't need a huge studio setup. All you need is a good enough mic that yeah. the average person would commit to buying. <laughs> That's totally true, man. And access to a space to record it in. 
So it'd be nice to, this is why I want to like commit to like a weekly thing, just okay. so we can get used to making things sound good in absolutely. nature. Because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of faffing around. Oh, that. absolutely. Yeah. Like if the first one is a disaster, don't be surprised. Yeah. So like that, the mic that I, that I use for the podcast, it's like a condenser, I guess. Yeah. But uh, I think I need like a, well, what did the guy call it? A diaphragm mic, would it be? Um, I think he'd probably want a hypercardioid. Okay. Which is okay. The, almost like a shotgun mic, but without the shotgun part. Just so you can just point it at people's um, mouths or instruments right. and not have to worry about wind or uh, yes, that's what I need. ambient noise. And then we can do, with shittier mics, ambient stuff and Foley and all that right. if we need to. Hypercardioid. Yeah, when I, okay, all right. When I interviewed Brandon last Sunday, he brought his own mic. Yeah. And the room was just so noisy, but like his mic had none of that almost. Right. But mine had a lot more. Yeah. So you want something that's super focused. Super focused. Okay. And that would be a good, would that be like usable as a vocal mic for this other project? Oh yeah, ideal. Yeah, that'd be ideal for it. Okay. Well, maybe I'll do some shopping send you some links because then the shotgun mic like the condenser that i use is good for a guitar right yeah definitely i like i think for just a person and an instrument you'd need three mics at the very least okay so vocal and then two on the guitar two on the guitar so stereo so it doesn't sound flat okay cool and then anything else is bonus like that's why i think uh we can get some kind of like Bluetooth hookup with um, Bluetooth hookup with the phones, and just record like ambient shit while people are recording. Yeah, then we yeah. can make it sound special. I'm so, gonna like that's all like creative license, and that's what will be right. kind of the edge case against the other kind of normie shit that's going on. Right. That similar idea. That's what's gonna set. Well, maybe we won't say too much about it now, but that is what will set us apart. Yeah. Is those alternate? Not alternate that I want mixes. it to be like Radio Lab, but <laughs> eventually, like I, I don't want to have a career where I'm reliant on the studio system. But you so can't. I'd like to find alternatives, and I'd like to this day and age believe in a world that has an independent music scene. <laughs> well, it's, you gotta believe in something. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, the independent film scene in this town is, is decent, so there's a lot of people there that I know would, would be interested right. to help. You also don't want too many cooks, but I guess we don't really know yet what it is. Yeah. So, like, when you when we looked at that that video of that guy playing Joker Man on the, on the park bench, yeah. like, that to me is, like, the absolute bottom of the barrel. Like, yeah. we, whatever we do has to be elevated from that. I'd consider that like the mean. The mean, okay. But, but like you said, like he's a good performer and I, I really like that song. Yeah. But there was just so much wrong with that video. Oh, it's boring. First boring. Of all. It's just, is everything about that era of music, 60s and 70s, where you're supposed to just laud it because it is what it is and a <laughs> totally. lot of people love it. <laughs> Bob that. Dylan wrote that song. Yeah. Okay. That, uh, that way of thinking is dying with the boomers and we need to leave it dead. Because it's dumb. 
And it also led to a lot of shitty things <laughs> in culture afterwards. Like things just being assumed to be great because of... Yeah. Like, honestly, I would be super jazzed if there was some kind of, like, string quartet who was willing to do something in the park and uh, actually compose their own shit. Dude, that would be incredible. Or even, like, a jazz band, horns or whatever. Oh. Oh. Like, it would be so awesome to, like, have, like, a... Uh, um, like, a path in the spring and just have, like, I don't know, a big band like do a, dir a dirge through it oh. or something like, like that'd be so cool <laughs> shit like that you never see that well you don't uh i don't know there was a at the anaheim ducks games they had a brass band like brass and drums that walked the concourse oh okay so then the oilers started doing that the last few years oh okay. and it, people sure love that man yeah it's great it's like that's like that's the root of western right culture at least as far as music goes that might be the one. That might be one of the things I miss the most about that, about no hockey. Right. <laughs> that fucking brass band. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine some of the stuff you could do with like walking them down a like a covered path in the ravine, you know, yeah. and the cameras like weaving through them. Yeah, that'd be great. We gotta. Now's the time, man, because we've got the experience. The gear is easy enough to come by. Yeah. And the only thing preventing it is people being fucking snobs. Yeah, pretty much. It's like... Yeah, I'm excited. Oh, and also content. Like, well, if, if, like, all we find is people who want to do covers, I think that's <laughs> going to be a problem. Yes, I agree. I agree. First of all, like... We're just immediately going to get copyright strike <laughs> yeah. on YouTube, so we won't have a channel. <laughs> and then uh, also it'll be just not, not innovative at all. Yeah, not innovative at all. I mean, sure, a well-placed cover here and there maybe, but like, give me a reason for it. Right. Personally, if we do end up doing like open mic things, I'd like to have a no covers clause. That'd be cool. For performers. I just want it to be as bad as possible. <laughs> you need to set foundations in life. You do. It makes everybody stronger. Yeah, and you, you have to go out and be bad in yeah. front of people. And like, it's a lot like, we're getting to the point where it's, we're almost too old to be doing it, but you, I mean, maybe even not, you have to do it. Like, I yeah, have, I don't think you can be too old to do it. No, that's I a think good point. You, no. Yeah, I think you can get to a point where you like you can't get any better, but I certainly yeah. don't think I know anybody who's peaked. Oh God, no. I don't peaked. I don't think I'll peak until probably until I'm dying. Yeah. Like I'll be on my deathbed writing the best thing I've ever written. Oh, for sure. I don't think men peak. <laughs> I'll just leave it there. I won't. Yeah. <laughs> this this <laughs> podcast is going so well. <laughs> We didn't touch on any of the bullshit that lives on Twitter. Yeah, it's always interesting to me, like, somebody that would show up to that and just play their heart out, and you could, like, make, I don't say make a friend, but, like, you could just, like, connect with this person, and you never know what it could bring. 
Well, yeah, that's another thing. I don't want it to be because I've been in so many internet communities where everybody's keeping their cards close to their chest mm. because there's so many frauds around. Right. There's something about music where there's something inherently um, inauthentic about covers. Yeah. Um, so you can always kind of tell when things are stolen <laughs> or like borrowed or inspired or whatever. Right. So with that kind of spirit, I'd like to kind of push people to just show off basically. Right. As much as they can and then just like go as close to the sun as they can and if they crash then <laughs> all the like commiserations, like nobody really cares. <laughs> it's it really could it sounds to me like the way they, they all talk about the comedy store from about five or so years ago. Yeah. Like this community of people that were all like qualified but like also would be on the fucking tightrope of trying new things. Yeah. And they might might not be funny. Yeah. Just like we might go, like I might try some shit out of this thing and be like, I have no business playing up here, but I'm doing it. Yeah. It's like I could play through a whole song in the cajon and someone would say, you know that song was in 7-8, right? <laughs> I didn't know that. Yep. But that would that would be more fun to me than not doing it. Oh, for sure. Being loud with music and making mistakes is one of the best things ever. Because you know you're causing somebody some discomfort. <laughs> and you also know that you're learning something. Right. That's hilarious to think about. Someone is just sitting there cursing you. But you're also kind of cursing yourself. Because like you can hear when your voice isn't there. Oh, yeah. Or when your timing is fucked. Yeah, there's something so like, there's a lot of navel gazing in the mm. arts community that's holding it back. Yeah, it seems like it. And I think that's why like, codependent like, and drug dependencies right. take hold in those communities. Right, it's just, it's just more of the same narcissism. Yeah. There's also like a lot of traumatized people that haven't worked their shit out. Oh yeah, definitely. And that's why the drugs are, and the art is so precious. They're so precious about their art. Yeah. It's like, Jesus, you're not your art. You're, I don't even know if, you're not even yourself. The self is a illusion. Well, that's the thing. As soon as, like, the art leaves you, it's like, it's like a, it's like a child. Like, you right. gave birth to it, but it has its own life out there. 100%. And there's ways to go about putting it out there for the first time. And I don't think the, uh, the venue system uh, is the best way to do that. No, and I maybe don't think not. the studio system is either. No, you need a what you're talking about, like a collective, like a community that, like, actively, you all work together on each other's shit. Yeah. And then, I mean, you risk getting into that Laurel Canyon thing again, but yeah, ideally without like the politics attached to it. Yeah. So. Now I'm going to say something that I'm going to edit out. <laughs> hey. You got to keep the ratio of men to women under watchful eye. Oh yeah, for sure. As soon as it becomes like a sex thing, right. then I'll just fucking, I'll just cauterize it. And then start, <laughs> you'll admit, like I'll just be gone for a, a little while. Start it somewhere else. That'd be great. Fuck that. As far as I'm concerned, I'm the beating heart of it, and it'll mm -hmm. exist right on. under my uh, my authority. 
<laughs> that's the one thing I've hated about like the internet thing is it it all just turns into some kind of Tinder or grinder. Well, <laughs> that's all. I know it's like that's really all we're capable of. Yeah. You can't like you can't focus long enough to make some art. Like especially when we were starting to le learn about how like those classic rock bands that we all loved were like dating underage women, and I don't mean dating underage <laughs> women. Yeah. And like the Laurel Canyon thing, and what Joni Mitchell said, it's like. That's shit that people just worshipped. Yeah. And what they were really, what was really going on. Yeah. And there was no like real meaning behind any of those songs. <sighs> they were just getting by or just doing it to get laid or whatever. Fucking brutal, man. Did we miss the turnoff for? Yeah, I thought we were going out McKinnon or something. You? I know. I don't have that in me. <laughs> I'll, I'll die on the on the road. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it, man. I think it's 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 a long time coming that we've had a project we can work on, to, you know. Yeah, that has some meaning. Oh yeah. So yeah, the uh, the countdown's on. <laughs> if you have things you want to play, start rehearsing them now. Alrighty, I will. So you don't. So when, if and when we face plant, it isn't a horrible, demoralizing thing. Oh, fuck that. We have to take a few weeks. I'm ready. Not look each other in the eye. <laughs> well, I would say one thing is I don't, I really don't think you and I would hardly ever be playing together. I don't know if we have that. Oh, Maybe I, we do, but. I, I, I don't intend to play okay. with anybody. Perfect. <laughs> Glad we got that out of the way. Because I have some just hellacious memories of being of like thinking I was playing with you at Seba at like Fian's cabin. All right. Like I don't think I am even in tune. <laughs> yeah, I, I certainly. No, that's great, man. The days of just assuming everybody's on my wavelength are way yeah. behind me. So it's not a jam, oh, which is interesting. Fuck no. so I that's hate, interesting. I hate drum circles more than anything <laughs> in the world. I hate them so much. Interesting. So it's again, it is like the comedy store in a way. Oh, it's yeah. a bunch of like hired guns. Yeah. And like, yeah, you. If you can't stand on your own, you're gonna wash out. Exactly. And that's fine. But we're we're exactly. moving forward. However, though, like Doug and I have a chemistry of like ten years that maybe we would do some sets together. Yeah, whatever. As long as you uh, you don't ruin the vibes by disappointing yourself. I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. I think I've been pretty good with myself and my music of knowing what I am and not looking to get really any kind of external validation from it. All right. Yeah, it's interesting. So do you think we'd all like be in a circle? No, no, I didn't, I didn't think that. I just thought, uh, I don't know what the fuck I thought, but like, I guess I didn't, I, I knew in my heart that it wouldn't be that. Like it'd be kind of like structured in sets. Yeah, like there's gonna be a stage, there's gonna be yeah. somewhat of a spotlight, okay. which is basically just other people's eyes. Right, that's dope. Some kind of level of respect for the person who's loudest in the room. Cool. Well, and that it would appeal to a lot of musicians too, because they, like you said, they're probably starved for some attention. Oh, this time? Yeah. Well, I think people will find, as I've kind of found through the years, is trying things out in front of people is a great way to figure out what's good and what isn't. 
certainly what the comedy community found out. Right. Yeah, you need that. Gotta go up here, I guess. It's gonna be good, man. You gonna get the drum kit out there? No. No. That's good. No, I'm gonna give my drum kit to my dad, I think. Oh, dope. He's moving out west somewhere. Oh, is he? So I think that's gonna be the best place to put it. Well, let me know, I'll give you the stuff back. Oh, yeah. Fucking love that hi-hat, though, I'm gonna miss it. <laughs> the sock symbol, have you ever heard it called that before? No. Sock symbol. So because if you think about the noise it makes sometimes. That's right. a high-tech piece of machinery, man, if you look at the... Oh, yeah. I think it's my favorite instrument. The hi-hat? Yeah, I'm not even good at it. But it's just something, it's so... It's got a personality. Sounds like you're turning into a drummer. You can get like a, a small kit for like 500. Yeah. Yeah, and I would really only want like a three piece. Yeah. Is that called a trap kit? Or is that something else? I'm not sure. I think uh, Questlove was peddling one <laughs> under the Ludwig brand a few okay. years ago. Right on. Fuck, that was hilarious when I said hello to Michael Dietrich and he didn't recognize me. <laughs> I can't get over that. <laughs> Fuck. Next time you see him when we're doing this podcast, he'll know who you are. Remember me? He'll bow. <laughs> I actually want to have him on the podcast. He's a pretty interesting guy. He, okay. He uh, sold all like sold all his possessions, doesn't have a fixed address, and just like travels in a van. Yeah. Uh. So is the reference for this the Farmer's Almanac or the Old Farmer's Almanac? Doesn't matter. Okay. Because I was looking at both. They're basically the same thing. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to shit, man. Anything I can do, I have Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> I have connections to people that are in advertising. Right. Not that we need it, but you never know. Yeah, it might be cool. Like, I'll be open to some kind of marketing and branding type thing at the beginning. I don't know how long I'll be interested in that. Right. Fuck, you'd be surprised how much <laughs> a logo is almost all you need to pretend anything. Right. That's all North Bank Media is, is a logo. Yeah. <laughs> And now 26 episodes of a podcast. But nice. You're catching up to me. How, what are you at? Uh, I think 35. Oh, shit. Nice. No reason not to be doing it. It is what it is.
Just getting to the top of government. Government House Park Hill. Coming up on the museum. That's a good loop. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I think the next loops are going to be completely uncharted territory for me. Yeah, if you want to try that one that we were talking about from Horlack to basically to here. Oh. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> we can save that for the next go around. Alright. I was thinking the, like the other side of the high level there. Okay. I, like, I don't even know if there's paths there. We'll find them, man. Yeah. It'll be a new moon, so it'll be a new, uh, new frontier. New, new frontier. Yeah, fucking worm. A worm moon. <laughs> Thank you, Devin. That was awesome. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the North Bank Media Podcast. If you enjoy this conversation, please subscribe on YouTube and give us a like. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe as well and leave a five-star review. Thank mm-hmm. you.